1: Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Well, the spotlight has got to be on the All Blacks and their coach, Ian Foster, now after finishing the season with a 12-win, three-loss record, including back-to-back defeats to Ireland and France to end the year. If you're only remembered by your last performance, hmm... Okay, what do we think about that then? Uh, Tony Johnson has joined us now. No one better to uh, run an eye over this because uh, he'll be honest and uh, he'll be upfront about uh, how he has seen it throughout the last twelve months. Uh, Tony, can we reflect the the season on those uh, that last fortnight of rugby? Well, yeah,
0: I mean, I think going into those last two tests, Smithy, I think a lot of people felt that this was going to be how the season was judged. Um, and, you know, they've come up short. I, to me, I think a pass mark would have been to win one of them. In the end, they have lost uh, the last two. And that's the first time that's happened to an all back team since the, the rather miserable end of the uh, Sorry, 1999 Rugby World Cup, 1999. Uh, and you look back over the last... Uh, Two years, two seasons, and I've lost five and drawn one. So it's, it's not a great return. Uh, and I've, I've lost them uh, against different opponents. Uh, there's one against Australia, Argentina, South Africa, Ireland, and now France. Um, to be honest, with you, uh if I put my, my, my hand on my heart, uh, I wasn't surprised by the result on Sunday morning. I've been saying for the last year... That I think uh, France will be the team to beat come the next Rugby World Cup. They'll be at home. They're an immensely powerful team. They've got a brilliant nine ten axis. Axis, but that doesn't, um, you know, really account for the fact that in the first half, this this was, you know, the test match just got away from them completely. And I, I think there needs now um, to be a, a pretty full, frank, and open discussion about, you know, which way this team's heading and and you know how they're going about it
1: there There is a danger, and I can see this coming i've heard it before is that uh, that twenty, 20 minutes uh, after half time where we uh, almost ro- rolled back into the lead unbelievably um, that might be seen as mm, uh, you know what it's, the future's going to look like as such and and I'm not quite sure we can think that way. I think we need to look at a slightly bigger picture that being a tight five age group uh, that started at the weekend tony uh, come two thousand and twenty three will be. Moody, 35, Coles, 36, Lolala 32, Retallic, 32, Whitelock, 35. They're old legs.
0: Yeah, and uh, the question is, do they try and manage them through the next couple of years to keep them there? There's obviously a danger of that. I mean, there's some young talent coming through, but it's quite raw. I mean, they did miss, um, you know, the the influence of, say, Scott Barrett, um, Patrick Toipalota, who, of course, has been allowed to go off and play in Japan, uh, you know that they might at least help um, with the workload. Um, the other two locks are still very, very young. Um, I, I do think, uh, perhaps, the way ahead. Yes, but I, to me, what they showed in that period that you referred to was something we should have seen more of uh, in, in the matches. That you know they've continued to try and play their way around these cloying defenses, and people call it the rush defense, but it's now standard. Um, and, and they've, they've tried to play their way around it When for a while uh, and it looked very good. For 20 minutes they were trying to play their way, their way through it and they did so with good effect and that was when you saw Taoki coming off the bench and bringing some real muscle and some firepower and I think there, there's a pointer there but but we, we've got to hear it, haven't we? Um, look, it, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, as I say, you, you could uh, perhaps put a loss of... Um, Form a loss of sharpness down to the fact that they've been in a bubble for three months, and I think the other two southern hemisphere teams have so to, to, to a similar degree as well. The amount of time uh, spent in a group away from home, etc., and, and you know, we, the results may have reflected that degree at the weekend. Um, but you, you, you that doesn't account for what I say is still a, a vague at first game plan, um, and this constant uh, or continuing inability. To, to play their way around that, that rush defence. Uh, and also, I think, you know, when under pressure, how frenetic and at times almost panicky the play got. These are all questions that, that will have to be addressed. And and just... Sorry, I'm, I'm going on a bit here, Smithy, but I, I'll just mm-hmm. take you back to 2009 when they lost three test matches to South Africa two years out from the World Cup. And you'll remember that, that documentary that we did at Sky about the 2011 World Cup. Graham Henry said... In a way, it was good for us because it made us think. And it made them think about what they were trying to do and was there a better way of trying to do it? How did they have to adjust their game? Did they have to bring other players into the mix in order to do that? And in the end, uh, they were able to do that. Now, that's a group of uh, Hanson, um, Henry, of course, and and the great thinker of the game, Wayne Smith. And, And the question is now, can this group... Uh, respond to this situation by thinking their way around the problem.
1: Mm. You know, I I think um, not that long ago, to be away with the All Blacks for three months on tour, playing around the world with the opposition that you're coming up against on a weekly basis uh, and seeing those parts of the world would have been great. I mean, it would have been the highlight of a lot of people's career and you would have learnt a lot from it as a player, as a coach, in terms of all sorts of things. But it doesn't appear to be the case. It appears it was um, more a labour, not a labour of love. And, and and I look at it and think: Now, are we any better off? Do we know uh, our combinations than we did three months ago?
0: Yeah, um, I, I suppose a bit different, though, um, Smithy, in that you know they've had to keep to their bubble, and they probably did pretty well to keep their sanity under those circumstances. Uh, and, and look, let's let's face it. Um, that tackle gets made in the end goal, and Intermac doesn't get away. Um, mm. You know, they're a chance to win the game. Um, they, they they got themselves into a position, and then it was just, um, you know, in, in a desperate effort uh, to spread the ball wide. An injudicious pass gets intercepted, and and France score, and that's probably those two incidents probably um, sealed the fate of the game. But that that done really well. I don't think we should just sort of ignore the fact that they played. Um, well, to get themselves back into the game because at the moment it doesn't It doesn't suit this sort of rather disappointed narrative that's doing the rounds. That you know they lost the test, um, and, and the same against Ireland, the, the fact that they managed to keep themselves in the hunt to the point where they were one forward pass away from perhaps winning the game. So they were, um, you know, going into the, the, the final minutes that they were in the contest. Um, but as I say, I just it, it just doesn't account for and some of these other sort of rather glaring problems that they've encountered, particularly over the last two tests and, and what, is, what it is that they can do um, uh, to, to work their way around it.
1: So, um, in, in essence, um, Richie, uh, Richie Moanga, a lot of question marks over Richie Moanga, a lot of question marks. The two players probably most talked about, Richie Moanga and Akira Ioane, um, perhaps under pressure. What did you make of those two performances, Tony?
0: Uh well the forwards I suppose got caught caught up in a um in a you know in a heck of a scrap. I, you know, Akira Ioane perhaps wasn't able to influence the game in the way that he is best able to and there might be, you know, various reasons for that. I mean he's a favourite target. I I I do think that, you know, um perhaps in, in this great debate over um who's the best number ten that um You know, one thing that has happened towards the end of the year is that Bowden Barrett has probably emerged as, as you know, the the front runner. I thought, you know, Moana, he he played some great rugby earlier on in the year, but under pressure, um, you know, he certainly didn't uh, have a great test match at the weekend. Uh, It's, it's not just those guys; other players made mistakes as well. And, and as I say, I think it just came comes down to this. you know, what happened to the team when they were trying to chase the game? They, they just looked a bit panicky. And I think that, that's the problem. That, you know, who's directing operations in the back line? The forwards have got their hands full. Uh, and, and that is something, again, that they're just going to have to sit down and, and work through. Uh, who Who's the best person to direct operations um, under immense pressure and playing against an absolutely brilliant opponent? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's fair to say that Richie Moore certainly wasn't even when his best at the weekend.
1: OK. Uh, right, a lot of people also, of course, as they were, will always do, will question Ian Foster's ability and the group he's got round of, John Plumtree, Brad Moore, Scott McLeod, Greg Cleek. Now, uh, my understanding is they're locked in. Uh, so um, that's the group we've got. Uh, and and Grant Fox, obviously, uh, dovetails in as a selector there. So I don't think there's going to be too many changes uh, and those, and that personnel, Tony, is there? It can't be really, can they? Well, yeah, but
0: that doesn't mean there's, you know, I, to me the, there has to be a discussion. Um, he, he's still got, they have a performance review at the end of the year and it would be very unusual for there to be a change of personnel, but that doesn't mean um, that, that I, you know, a thorough review of where they're at and where they're going can't be held. Uh, I'm sure that's part of the deal. I think every coach has to do that at the end of the year. And you think famously back to the end of 2001 after they'd um, come come up just short and trying to get the Bledisloe Cup back. Wayne Smith went before a panel and now he was still under contract. Um, And after, I I think he faced up to a panel that was headed by uh, John Graham. Um, And he gave a brilliant summation of where they were at in the morning. Uh, and John Graham said, no, we've got the right, we thought we've got the right guy. And then he came back in the afternoon and, and suddenly all the confidence had gone and he, and he was full of doubt. And uh, they sort of said, well, I, we're not sure that we can recommend um, on the basis of what we heard in the afternoon. And Smithy was gone. Um, you know, you know, so that there are still, um, I'm sure, performance causes in the contract. And I, I, I do think it's a conversation that needs to be had, you know, that You know, it cannot just be a box-ticking exercise. Uh, Look, don't get me wrong, I I, I thought that this year Ian Ian Foster deserved to know whether he was in the job or not. Whether that was mid-year or after this tour, I mean, that's, that's up for debate. But I think he did, you know, deserve to know this year, deserve to fight. They needed to make the decision this year. Uh, about whether he was going to continue in the job or, or what happened. Because, and, and they've gone ahead and they, they extended the contract way through the year, and now this has happened. Uh, as I say, that that probably keeps him safe, but that doesn't mean that there's not a, a strong conversation and a lot of honesty and soul-searching soul searching that needs to take place before they head to the, the beach or the batch or whatever it is they do this summer.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it's an interesting point because it is the halfway point. It's two years away from a World Cup, which is quite a lot of rugby to able to make changes if you have to in terms of your strategy, etc. Um, but I go back to this point, and you you sort of hinted at it when you said, do we keep some of these guys in cotton wool? But I mean, that's is, when you keep guys in cotton wool, um, you tend to keep them away from keeping standards up. So. Where are they going yeah. to go um, with this? Yeah, look, and, Smithy,
0: I'm not suggesting that they that they have to do that. Um, what I was just saying is that that's what they're most likely to try and do, and whether that works mm. or not, I don't know. I think you know, you've, you've got to look, too, at, 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 at um, there's some other factors. I mean, you know, super rugby, not having the South Africans there, um, much as it was a it could be a pain in the back side, and the, the South Africans sort of you know, did tend to complain a bit about their their lot, and they played the games in the middle of the night, our time. And a lot of people, when they decided to go to Europe, a lot of people said, "Right, I oh, will see you later." But but the fact is that um, not having the South African fair does take something away from the education of our players in terms of what they have to expect when they get into the, the you know the, the, the tough times at Test rugby. Um, you know that, that yes, the New Zealand games are very are very tough, but you know are they of the sort of type of toughness toughness that you, you get when you play South Africa or France or England or, or whatever um, you know so that that's another factor that's probably come into it as well um, but as I say uh, you know is this the point now where this group has to say look we've tried to play our way around these oppressive cloying in some cases very negative uh, defences although there was nothing negative about the way France played at the weekend but uh, you know We've tried to play around it. The kicks to the wing, everyone's expecting them now. They're getting picked off. Uh, do we have to now look for players who can roll up their sleeves and, and really do the hard stuff up the middle of the park and, and follow the league that was set, I thought, magnificently by Artie Savia at the weekend, Tauke Aho when he came on? Is that, Do we have to now look at doing that? And have we got the guys in the team that are able to do that job?
1: One final question. It used to be the most hallowed job in the country. Uh, and I'm talking, not talking about the coach. I'm talking about the all-black captain. That was the job. Uh, are we any closer now, having used four or five this year, for you to be able to say there is a natural out-and-out leader there in front of you? Uh,
0: yeah, that, that's, boy, I hadn't really thought about that, Smithy. I, look, I've been a, a fan of Sam White. Uh, I, I just think he brings a... Um, a, a calm approach uh to the job. He he sort of very much in the um m- macaw mold and that you take the points when they're on offer. Um and and you know, you, you look back at that Ireland game and, and I think Marshy said at the time in the commentary, he said yeah, they should have really gone for the jugular there and and, and gone for the lead instead of taking the three points. Well those those are things that we always discuss in hindsight. So I uh, look uh, what to me Even Richie McCaw wouldn't have become the great captain that he was if he didn't have great leaders around him. And he had the luxury of, you know, he had Conrad Smith, um, Dan Carter, um, you know, players like that, Brad Thorne um, in his own inimitable style in the forwards, um, you know, Kevin Milano was huge in, in the whole team culture. Uh, and, and so, you know, you, you can't just be a great captain on your own. And I think people like like Michael Hooper su- suffered a wee bit over the years for that in Australia. Uh, and, and so, they, you know, that's another thing that they have to really look at now is, you know, ha- have we developed um, the leadership around our captain, a leadership group, enough? And, and is this something, is that a work on that we need to have? Uh, yes, they have got good leaders. They've got captains mm-hmm. in the team. Marty Sarvia is captain of the team. Uh, Sam kane's captain of the team, and look, I, I thought he, you know, he, he got better as the game wore on, um, but is, is he guaranteed his place in the team? To answer your question, after a very long answer, Smithy, I no, I don't think we're any closer to resolving that. All right, uh,
1: some honest stuff, though, Tony. I, I really appreciate your thoughts this morning, and uh, good time for a break uh, from rugby, and good time for a rethink and uh, uh, start again. But there are some questions, and as you say, there have been. And, and they have to be pretty tough at this point. Hey, thanks, Tony, as usual, for making yourself available. Appreciate it. Cheers, Teddy. Thanks. Yeah, cheers. Tony, Tony Johnson there with his uh, honest thoughts on uh, where we were at.